0: A minister, an activist, a political philosopher, certainly one of the more prominent leaders when it comes to civil rights and the movement Uh, from 1955, uh, the figure until his death, what, 1968 it was. Uh, But, uh, you know, when you advance civil rights for the people of color in the United States of America through use of Nonviolent resistance, nonviolent civil disobedience against Jim Crow type laws and other forms of discrimination in this country. And then you look at things that has occurred recently in this country. It is rather alarming. That's where we bring in Laura Harding does a wonderful job running erase racism, credible organization. She's nice enough to give us a couple of minutes on a very important day. It's great having you. Great having you, especially on this day, Laura, for all it represents. And you know, you you get a sense we just gotta do a better job. We've kind of taken a couple of steps backwards here. Welcome.
1: Happy New year, Jay. Thanks for having me on this very important day. And I think you're right. I think here's the thing. I don't know that we've taken steps backwards in so much as we have felt that because there are laws on the book, that's all it's and instead what we know is that we also have to change people and laws on the books and strategies will trump culture i mean culture will trump strategies and laws on the books um every time so you know as you were l- playing um the i have a dream speech earlier this morning i was watching the interview that dr king did with uh NBC in 1967 where he talked about segregation in housing, segregation in education, and, as you know, an inequity in housing and education. as you know, that is the work of erased racism and our report, our affordable and inclusive housing tool, show that these things still exist today, despite the laws on the book, and primarily because you know we have a culture that still finds ways to justify the fact that we should be treated separately and different because we may look different or even have different cultures. And so I don't think that has changed um, versus going backwards. I think we still have a long way to go with that.
0: No doubt. Laura Harding with us. Definitely a proper way of putting it. You know, I did a lot of reading on this yesterday. You know, you go back in time with the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the SCLC, Mm -hmm. as it was Mm -hmm. called. You know, he was instrumental in so many ways. He led an unsuccessful movement. You, you read in time, folks, back in jo- Albany, Georgia, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he organized a lot of the nonviolent protests. Go back to the early 60s, 63. Birmingham, mm-hmm. Alabama. He was one of the leaders of the 63 March on Washington. He delivered that I Have a Dream speech right on the steps of the League of Memorial, you know and Mm -hmm. organized two of the three Selma to Montgomery marches, which I am sure uh, you read about uh, over the years during the Selma voting rights movement there. And when you think about it, it was right then and there, Laura, where the civil rights movement achieved a lot of gains, especially Mm -hmm. in the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Mm -hmm. Act of the 60s, the Fair Housing Act of the late 60s. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was front and center. Yep.
1: And I think think that is, be commended, but I also think it is because of those gains that many people feel that there's no work to be done, right? And many people feel, well, we gave you all of this stuff, but we weren't given anything. We were actually given what we were entitled to, what we are entitled to as citizens of this country. And so the fact that you had to even litigate that was a problem in and of itself. And so these are kind of the things that Erase Racism looks at in terms of structural racism and how the the impact of, you know, enslavement and also having to fight for those rights still bear, still have an impact on the lives of not only Black people and Latino people and immigrants and and, and people in their diversity, but also white people. I think that we always talk about the impact of racism Uh, on people of color, on its victims. But we never talk about it in terms of the perpetrators or the people who benefit from it. And that, I think, is really a powerful place to talk about it, because when we look at the Civil Rights Act as something that was given and that we've done enough Then it also feeds into this zero-sum game that if someone who is Black, Latino, Asian, uh, fits into any of the other diverse categories in terms of socioeconomic or, or, or gender identity, sexual identity, achieves a right or is given a right they are entitled to, that it means that a white person loses a right. And it doesn't it means that we're finally at a place where everyone in America can achieve that american dream that our forefathers thought, you know, wrote about and thought about uh, and and wanted for each of us and uh, rights being granted to other people that are theirs in, in, inevitably just by virtual birth. But more importantly, when those people are able to have access to high-quality educational opportunities, affordable and and um, decent housing, it also means that everyone else benefits. It doesn't mean that someone else loses. And I think we need to think about that as we continue to celebrate Dr. King.
0: No question. Laura Harding with us, Race Racism. So, you know, it's interesting, too, and, and you look at the playing field mm-hmm. back then, Laura, and it's amazing that MLK was jailed a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the FBI and its director then, J. Edgar Hoover, considered him a radical, uh, kind of made him uh, an object of, uh, you know, a lot of intelligence that was put into play uh, yes. from the early 60s going forward. Yeah, I know agents investigated him for possible communist ties, spied yep. on him, you know, as far as personal life, secretly recorded him. Yep. Even, even I didn't realize this, the FBI actually mailed King, you know, one of these threatening letters from an anonymous source, that type of thing, uh, which he interpreted as attempt as an attempt to make him commit suicide. You talk about painting a guy in such a negative way for all that he tried to stand for. The vision that he ha- that he had, and mm-hmm. it couldn't be interpreted properly by some of the authorities at hand here. And it's just amazing how they try to kind of alter the course, try to at least.
1: Yeah, well, I always laugh, right? Because today I'm on the telephone with you. Um, we're having celebrations all over the place. Later today, I'll be at Hastra for their MLK Day, talking about how do we achieve the dream. <laughs> However, MLK at his time was con- was considered a revolutionary. He was considered uh an enemy of the state because he was literally asking America to change its culture and the way it saw black people and 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 other people, you know if you think about his beyond vietnam speech. So I I think it's interesting now how we're also in some ways seeking to sanitize a lot of what he stood for. He was about eradicating racism, poverty and militarism and about corrective justice work. And I also think it's funny that in many of the ways that he is being vilified, current civil rights leaders and people who are seeking um, justice in many ways are also vilified, right? They're seen as people who um, are just trying to create problems. I've had someone tell me, you know, there is no racism. You people are creating the racism. And I just thought to myself, wow, this is exactly what Dr. King had to deal with many years ago. So again, there's a culture that we have to eradicate from American society that makes it okay to discriminate against others, um, to really have hateful racial incidents, and to also embed that in who we hire, how we educate people, and how we house people. And we won't be able to eradicate it, I think, until we get to the space where we're okay with living amongst each other. Because the only way you know someone is to be around them all the time, right? And so having a cultural event where you taste our food is great, but it doesn't really allow you to know a person and to really find out that they have the same dreams and ideas and wants that you have and that they want to contribute to their society, that they want to be able to have a great family and a beautiful home and a family-sustaining career. Those are things that, irrespective of race, gender, sexual identity, you know, physical and, and, and cognitive ability, people want. And that is where we need to get to in this country.
0: Uh, you know, as so prominently displayed as far as you mentioned housing and everything else, predecessor Elaine Gross was right there with the housing the discrimination and a lot of it unfolding right here on Long Island regarding real estate mm-hmm. and, okay. and uh, all that has taken place. I know you're continuing the fight, but that's kind of a prime example of, of a setback. You know, when you when you kind of analyze things and you get a sense of this occurring over mm-hmm. a period of time, it just kind of makes you think, you know what, we still have a long way to go.
1: We do have a long way to go. The work is never ending. However, we didn't get to this space in America in one decade or, you know, one year. We got here over 100 years. And here's the thing. Long Island specifically is one of the 10th most segregated places in America, even with the Fair Housing Act, even with the Civil Rights Act. And so we have to get to a place where we're, where we're willing to uproot the the policies and zoning regulations and inequitable education funding that allow these things to fester and continue and perpetuate the uh stereotypes that and biases that we have about each other when in fact we literally even with all our cultural differences and beauty still want the same thing
0: yeah no doubt about it and
1: the
0: fight jay We're no no listen listen we gotta we gotta have work. discussions you know that's the yeah. key to it all uh and you'll always have a platform as far as the program is concerned and we appreciate your thoughts and certainly we'll watch for you at hofstra later on and and look forward to the next time you're on great
1: thank you jay have a great day and thank you as always for being a supporter and for also educating long islanders
0: you got it It's laura harding of course erase racism